Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World Podcast. The topic of this episode is how do the sharpest real estate investors invest during uncertain times? Right now with the coronavirus, there's a lot of uncertainty. So how are people like myself and my apprentices, how are we investing right now? Well, I'm going to share with you five powerful tips on investing in uncertain times. You see, I got started in a recession. In 2001, the dot-com bubble had burst and the 9-11 terrorist attacks had just uh, occurred. And that's where I got my start. So I've been through that one. And of course, real estate is what dragged us out of there. And then by the time we got to 2008 and the Great Recession, which was created by real estate, um, I was actually beginning to mentor others by that time. So I have been through several of these. And both of those events, by the way, they said were unprecedented because they were. And this one is too. They're always unprecedented, but there are many similarities. So I'm going to share with you wisdom that comes from the real world of experience. And uh, one quick disclaimer too. I'm not going to touch on the health side of this. That is a very, very sad side effect of what's going on right now. And, uh, and my thoughts and prayers go out to any of y'all who have been uh, negatively impacted people you know, loved ones that, uh, of this awful virus. And I, I pray that everybody uh, practices extreme social distancing, self-isolation, stays disciplined so we can put this thing to bed as quickly as humanly possible. We're already seeing where China where that ground zero where supposedly it all began, they're beginning to lift some of their lockdowns. So we're seeing that it can be done with enough uh, isolation. All right, y'all, well, let's dive into the five tips for investing in uncertain times. Tip number one is the sage wisdom of the greatest investor of all time, Warren Buffett. And this contrarian investing credo goes something like this. Be fearful when others are greedy, which is where we were for the last several years, and then be greedy when others are fearful, and others are fearful right now. And to provide a little bit of context, he's not talking about you taking advantage of other people who are down and out. What he's saying is that from a mindset perspective, instead of running away, you should be focused on looking for opportunities. I would go on to say that the mindset is the difference between a consumer mindset and an investor mindset. The majority of people think like consumers and such. They're the ones that are fearful now, so they're running away. If you have an investor mindset, though, you look at this situation with a little bit of anticipation and in this, this look of, okay, where are the opportunities going to be? Because these are when the best opportunities arise. And to give you a separate analogy, so if you've ever watched car racing, you've probably seen where they have accidents. And these cars are going hundreds of miles an hour around these tracks. And they're, they're really confined tracks. So what happens when there's an accident and there's a bunch of smoke that all comes up into a ball? And there's cars right behind the accident, lined up. Well, these car race drivers are taught not to do what they their human inclination would be, which is to run away from the problem, either to the outside or the inside. No, they're taught to go straight at the smoke. Why? Because typically, whatever this accident is, has already moved on to the, either this direction or this direction. And the safest place is right down the middle. And so that's my analogy for you here, too. Meet this head on. Be greedy when others are fearful. Now is the time for you to focus on looking for opportunities. And I'm going to talk about some other tips here too. I'm not talking about being irres uh, irresponsible. But now is the time to be focused as opposed to now being the time to run away like a consumer would be. Be an investor. Be greedy. Tip number two is to separate signal 
from noise. I've mentioned this before. Signal and the Noise, that is a book written by Nathan Silver. Absolutely brilliant. And it discusses, among other things, the fact that humans are terrible at predicting the future. And oftentimes they allow emotions to, to push them way too far in one direction or the other. And so right now is not a good time for you to get overly emotional. Instead, it's a time for you to focus on signal, which is facts. Things that you can verify that give you a bit of a glimpse into where things might be going. Not that you have to be great predictors of the future, but you can, you can, you can have a foundation on what is factual and what is going to be the case. I want to give you a couple of examples of this. So noise. Example would be the idea that everyone's going to lose their jobs. That's noise. Let's talk about signal. Signal is this, that even during the depths of the deepest of the Great Recession in 2009, our job unemployment rate, it never hit above 10%, which is still a large number. But, but when you consider that over 90% had a job during the Great Recession, all right, that's a humongous number of people. That's 9 out of 10 people, right? And then we have to go back almost 100 years to the Great Depression in the early 30s to even get to a point where we had an unemployment rate that was near 20%. So let's take the worst case scenario, Great Depression, we hit to the point where there are literally 20% of people out of work. Okay, that means that 8 out of 10 still have a job and are functioning, or 4 out of 5. Now, as real estate investors, if we're trying to flip houses, all we need is one buyer, right? We don't need thousands of them. And so we have a four out of five chance, right? And, and typically it's out of that group that is looking to buy houses anyways. So when it comes to this idea that everyone's going to lose jobs, when you look at the truth and the facts of the matter, even in the worst of the worst, there's still so many people that have jobs. And now I'm going to take another step further. I'm going to say we're in a different world than we used to be. So many people are working really hard right now, including me. I mean, I'm as busy as ever. Right? I mean, everything I do with the mentoring is done with distance learning anyways. So it's, it's business as usual, if you will, for me, if, if not more busy than ever before. And there's a lot of people like that. There are a lot of different companies that are able to do a lot of work uh, where their employees are at home. So a lot of people are gainfully employed. And those industries that are impacted in a major way, it turns out that there's about to be a huge federal bailout bill that'll probably help them too. So the idea that everyone's going to lose their jobs is complete noise. The signal is that there's still going to be an enormous amount of employed people that are still going to be able to buy houses or pay rent and all those things in between. The second example of signal versus noise. Real estate values are going to plummet just like the stock market. <laughs> okay. First and foremost, we need to talk about the fact that the real estate market is very different from the stock market. It doesn't absolutely drop in a matter of minutes based on public panic. Real estate's different than that, right? It, it's the process of people putting houses up for sale and other properties up for sale and other people looking to buy those properties. And if there's an interest to buy those properties and what we call supply and demand. Okay, what's really happening out there is what was happening a month ago. There is such an affordable housing crisis in America right now. There's so few houses for the people that can truly afford them. The balance was so 
huge that even this is not going to make a dent in the problem. And that is the fact that so many people want to become homeowners, but they're not able to afford them because of what they earn versus what the houses are selling for. And what we're seeing, and I kid you not, right now I'm getting multiple offer situations for some of my apprentices' deals. We're seeing that in the areas that, of course, don't have a complete lockdown. Because there's still such demand for affordable houses. That's where we've always focused our energies. We focus on those price ranges for houses because that's where all the demand is. And I, again, I, I can't completely tell the future, but my argument's going to be the signal is that there's such a huge disparagement between supply and demand of affordable housing. The, the idea that that would lose value is slim to none. Now, on the other side of the coin, there are other price ranges and other property classes that could be in trouble of potentially experiencing a problem. But my argument would be they were already down that road. A month ago, we were already seeing problems where an example would be a, a $900,000 home in the suburbia of Atlanta. That was a tough sell. That's a tough sell because there's so much more supply. Builders can build those houses and still make a profit versus demand. And right now, if this really does continue to be a pretty prolonged recession, those are the kind of houses people aren't going to be buying. But I, I have I've been through these recessions before. In 2009, at the depths of the depths of the bottom, there were still a ton of people buying houses. There were. And these were the kinds of people that had just gotten married, they had just had a baby, and they were moving out of their apartment complex and wanted to become a homeowner. And not that they were oblivious to the market conditions, but they weren't completely focused on it. They were buying a home because they wanted a place to live. And if you look at what's happening right now and the fact that with the, uh, the, the concern over so many people being so close together, there's probably going to be a huge demand for people to move out of apartments and get their own home. So one could argue that the, other, the opposite could happen. Again, we can't predict the future, but actually the prices of, of real estate may go up and those affordable price point uh, ranges. So this idea that real estate values are going to plummet, to me, that's noise. Signal is that when you look at supply and demand, you look at the basics and the fundamentals of how real estate pricing is, uh, is done and how it goes up and down, it would appear that not only could it go stable, it could actually go up for certain price ranges. And another example of signal versus noise would be, this is going to be the worst recession ever. It's going to be a global depression. Uh. Okay, let's talk about this from a signal versus noise perspective. This is not something that has to do with our economic machine. It's not a system error like it was in 2008. That was an error of the system where people were getting loans for homes that they should have never bought and there was this huge, this massive extra supply of houses being built for people that were buying as second and third and fourth homes that they were never gonna move into. That was a systemic problem and that created that recession. This is more like what happened with 9-11, and what I'm saying here is also being echoed by many of the economic pundits. With, with the 9-11 terrorist attack, that was an external to the economic machine, and, uh, and it ended up not being a prolonged recession. So is this going to be the worst recession ever? Obviously, we don't know for sure, but when you really look at the facts here, the signal... This looks to be something quite temporary and is something that is very akin to what happened in 9-11 versus what happened in 2008. Oh, and one more example. 
timing. I'm hearing some people that are using noise such as they're saying, oh, now's a bad time. Let's wait a year, wait a year to dump in, uh, jump into real estate. Well, let me talk to you about some real signal here on the subject of timing. Number one, iBuyers across the country, we're talking about the big guys, we're talking about Open Door, uh, OfferPad, Zillow Offers, Redfin Now, they're all dropping out completely, dropping the existing offers they had in the pipeline and not buying any houses right now. They've left a bunch of homeowners high and dry. And we're getting a lot of leads right now in those markets where they're really active. Our apprentices are getting a lot of different calls from people saying, hey, look, Open Door just dropped me like a bad habit. I need to sell this house, da 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 so we're picking up and helping homeowners that were screwed by those big traditional real estate investors. See, they, their business model couldn't handle these kind of uh, changes, you know, these pivots in the marketplace, whereas a creative real estate investor can. So the next thing that we're also seeing is that because a lot of competitors are dropping out, not only iBuyers, we're seeing others are as well. Our marketing costs, the cost to generate the best leads, that has dropped dramatically. So we're getting to more leads better than ever before. And that means we're gaining market share. My apprentice and I are gaining market share rapidly, day by day right now. And so it's actually a great time if you can swing it. I know some of y'all have uh, other financial obligations that you've got to prepare for. But like me personally, I'm still funding a lot of deals right now. I've got a lot in reserves and i got a lot left for funding deals. And deals are coming up rapid fire right now. And we're just... We're all hands on deck. And then also, in, a, in maybe it's a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, new opportunities are going to arise because some people will need to sell. Unfortunately, it's not something that we look forward to, right? But that, that's going to happen as well. Uh, some have been talking about a foreclosure tsunami. I, I disagree with that because uh, we have the lowest foreclosure rates in recorded history just a month ago, and it takes seven, eight months, a year to foreclose. And because of the, uh, the postponements that most of these mortgage companies are allowing for borrowers, I don't predict a foreclosure uh, boom occurring at all. Uh, but I do see where some people want to sell. I mean, we're already seeing it right now. We're getting calls from sellers that are saying, hey, look, this is a, a rental property. I'd like to sell it. We had a guy the other day who wanted to sell his property so he could take the money and go buy stocks because the stocks are low. So, I mean, there, there's going to be opportunities that are going to arise from this. We don't always know exactly where that, what that's going to look like today. But uh, as far as timing, it would be nonsense to say now is a bad time. In fact, Signal would prove that now is a great time. Tip number three of investing in uncertain times is you've got to be creative. I mean, an example would be when you're working with a seller and, and you don't want to go physically to the property, have them FaceTime you with their, with their phone if they've got an iPhone or maybe the Zoom app if it's an Android. Um, you can have them take pictures and email them to you. There are ways in which you can accomplish things that doesn't require you to be in person, right? And you can fulfill these obligations of complete uh, social distancing and, and self-isolation while still being productive. Be, be creative, too. I mean, things, things like um, uh, many hard money lenders right now are tightening up, but not all of them. So get out there, get, get on the phones, call some different hard money lenders. Some are looking to grab market share right now, and they're still very aggressive in their lending practices. Uh, mortgage lenders, uh, for, the, for the typical retail buyer, some of that has slowed down because not only was there this rush on refinance requests, I, I'm probably, you know, hashtag part of the problem here because I told everybody to get, go get a refinance, right, on my last video. But the, the, the number of people that flooded the uh, mortgage market at the same time with their interest rates dropped, um, well, at least it was the short-term interest rates. And then you add to that that in certain instances, some smaller mortgage companies, their credit lines froze and they can't even originate loans right now. 
It means that the mortgage process is slowed down. But you know what? Some of these bigger banks, they're very well capitalized right now, and they're operating at peak performance. And they, they have systems in place to be able to handle the underwriting and all those other aspects at a distance. Now, sure, if it's a lockdown, then maybe the appraiser can't go out, but maybe they can do some uh, desktop uh, appraisals. So, again, there are ways in which to be creative in how you reach out to the right organizations. Title companies right now are still closing, especially in those areas where the, um, the recorder's offices have shut off, because title insurers know how to handle this. They understand the idea there could be a gap from the, the day that the recorder's office closes to the day it, it reopens, and they, they've priced in that risk in their title insurance policies. So you can, you can navigate around some of these things with some creativity. We're closing deals every day. We have several closings today, by the way. So this thing is happening even during uncertain times, but you've got to be a little creative. You've got to get outside the box a little bit. You can't stay focused on what you have been doing. You may have to go to different lenders. You may have to go to different mortgage brokers, different closing companies to get some of these deals done. Tip number four is you do need to still be practical, right? In a time when the holding costs might increase because you might buy a property in the next couple of weeks and then have to sit on it for a little bit longer because of a lockdown and those sorts of things. You need to price that in. You might have to uh, offer a slightly lower price. Or maybe the hard money lenders you're working with are charging a little bit more. you got to price that into your offer. you got to be practical there. And then you also have to be a bit selective. What if there's a tenant in the property who hasn't paid rent in three months and because of these eviction postponements, it could be months and months later before they get out of there, you might have to be practical there. Either you skip on deals that are already occupied or you price in the risk of knowing that it might take several months to get that tenant out before you can even start your rehab right so you've got to be practical here another thing would be if you're going to look at a house right now you're not in a state that's in complete lockdown uh, be respectful of the fact that you, you don't even know if you're carrying the virus because obviously it, it incubates for some time we had a, an apprentice that went to look at a deal for a, a, a homeowner that uh, was in, in her late 60s and he said hey look how about you walk outside I've got gloves on I'll go walk through the house we'll keep a safe distance here I'll take a look and then and then I'll call you when I'm done. So be, be practical here. Uh, be, be wise about the situation, knowing that there could be delays. And another thing, when you're getting a property under contract right now, put into the contract that the coronavirus could delay things and you want to extend the, the length in the case that happens. In fact, I wrote up a specific clause with my legal team and gave it to my apprentices for them to use for their contracts. So you need to, you need to make sure you're practical here that closings might get extended a little bit. But that's one of the things that's nice about real estate. If you start a deal today, it typically takes 45 to 60 days anyways. So starting one today, I mean, by the time we get 60 days from now, Lord willing, a lot of this will be behind us. I mean, not not every bit of the, the fallout, but hopefully the virus Irish wolf quell down. All right, so be practical. Tip number five is to be productive. So many people tell me how they don't have enough time to get through some of the trainings and things that I provide and I give away for free. Well, for many of you, you've got the time right now. Use it wisely. Be productive. For example, if you haven't already, make sure you download and read uh, my book, How to Be a Real Estate Investor. It is, it is fundamental to understanding how to be productive as a real estate investor. I also have a separate book, Real Estate Investing Gone Bad. This one's not free. You have to go over to Amazon to get it. But this teaches you what not to do, all the mistakes that others have made that you don't have to go through yourself. And also, I put together a video course that I'm constantly adding to that I recommend if you haven't been through it, make sure you go through it. It's absolutely free. I don't know, it's 12, 13 more hours long at this point. And even if you've been through it, you may want to jump through it again because you'll hear things you didn't hear the first time. Now's the time to sharpen your skills. Be productive with the extra time you have. 
You're at home, you've got some extra time, many of you, now's the time to sharpen your skills. That way you can take full economic advantage of any opportunities that'll present themselves as a result of this. And hopefully it gives you an opportunity to stay well as well. I'm Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com. Again, I've been in real estate investing since 2001. I've been mentoring since about 2007. And I have been a part of training some of the sharpest and most successful real estate investors all across North America. If you want to work directly with me and my team, I want to encourage you to apply for my apprentice program where my team and I, we work with people one-on-one. -on -one. We turn them into money-making machines. Also, if you haven't already, check out the, uh, the impacts of coronavirus on real estate investing. That was shot a couple of weeks ago. So there's uh, a couple of things in this probably update to that one, but there's still a lot of wisdom in there. 